10 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Shane Tucker is the chief deputy at the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office. Chief, welcome back to the show, sir. Well, good morning, Andrew. Thank you. Good to have you. So, uh, a lot of people were focused on the Daytona 500 yesterday, uh, where there's a lot of racing, a lot of rubbing, a lot of crashing, a lot of yellows, and a lot of restarts. Um, maybe they would have been um, just as good to focus on the stuff that happened Saturday at the Milton Racetrack. Is that right? We had a bit of an incident, right? Oh, we did. Uh, it was uh, Southern Raceway is always an exciting time. <laughs> um, Saturday night, a uh, fight, uh, fight broke out between two of the drivers there. Uh, I guess they had some kind of disagreement over a, over a bump or something. Uh, anyway, they, they got in a fight, and uh, not to be outdone, one of the driver's uh, family members decided to get involved and, uh, and struck one of the other participants in the head with a shovel, uh, giving him a, a, a pretty nasty gash on the head. Uh, so the driver was charged with uh, simple battery, and uh, his uh, concerned family member was actually charged with uh, felony aggravated battery. Wow. I mean, th- he's going to be okay. Uh, my understanding is, you know, he got some stitches, uh, and he's he's probably got a, got a sore noggin, but but he's going to be okay. And Okay, so I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but it's I'm just trying to see it in my head. The family member was, like, down in the, like, pit area or was up in the stands and i mean i i how, how does the shovel get to the guy's head is what i guess i'm trying to figure out while i don't know for sure what i kind of envisioned was was like you said he was down in the pit area okay that's kind of All the right. way that, that i envisioned that but but i was not there happy milton okay fair enough wow goodness um we also have a uh, another battery on a law enforcement officer right oh we did Wednesday, uh, one of our Navarre deputies was dispatched to uh, the uh, Eglin Federal Credit Union there in Navarre, and uh, the, uh, the, the folks inside reported a suspicious person who'd um, come in and was, was behaving kind of erratically and, and shoved one of their computer monitors over and, you know, was just doing some weird things. So they called to have the deputies come check him out. And uh, when the deputy located him, uh, they, they tried to make contact with him. He he promptly responded by punching the deputy in the face. Ugh. So the, uh, the clearly the deputy took umbrage with that and, and chased him down and took him into custody. But uh, that was kind of an odd one. You, you know, I, when I hate to see you know folks get hurt, but it really is sadly a part of the job. You know, fighting is a part of the job. Do, you know, do you do you ever run up against like trainees who didn't really put that all together when they were thinking about becoming a cop? Like the idea that fighting and brawling was going to be a part of the job. Uh, you know, you do. Um, and, you know, like you and I have discussed before, in this career field across the nation, um, about 20% of the people that actually get hired um, get in it and realize it's not for them. And yeah. We have about a 20% washout rate. And that plays a big factor in it um, in a lot of cases. Um, you know, there's there, there's so many different facets of law enforcement, and you can be, be really motivated and passionate and good at one facet and, and completely incompetent at the other. And unfortunately, you can't do this job if that's the case. Right. Uh, there's just there's just such variation in what's expected of cops, and and that's one of the reasons it's such a difficult role to fill. Well, and it's you know when I'm thinking about a situation like that, I'm thinking about like the little bit little tiny bit of simulator experience that I've had, and you know the one where the guy draws a gun on you and you got to shoot him before he shoots you, or the one where the person is just very very compliant. Like those are the easy cases. 
so to speak. Mm-hmm. The hard one is all the in-between where you just never know what's going to happen next. And even when you think something might happen next, it can still catch you by surprise because, boy, I just didn't think we were there yet, you know? And that's why it's such a, I mean, incredibly challenging job. Uh, you guys also had uh, somebody called in a DUI, right? Uh, we did. Um, let's see. Sunday, I believe, sometime shortly after 3.30, we received a complaint. Um, a concerned citizen called in about a car that they estimated was driving about 100 miles per hour in the bar, mm. uh, which if, if you're familiar with the bar, that's yeah. uh, just completely unsafe. Uh, one of our deputies, fortunately, was able to find the vehicle and, and pace, pace clock him at, at well over 80 miles an hour, so we, we know it was indeed speeding. When he got him pulled over, uh, it turned out that the uh, the driver was impaired. So he was arrested and taken to jail and uh, given a, a breathalyzer, which showed he was over three times the legal limit. You know, and, and that is a really good reminder of why it's so important that, that you call us when you see things like this. We are so grateful that this citizen decided to call us and report this. Can you imagine what could have happened if this if this driver over three times the legal limit had continued speeding through Navarre wherever he was going? Um, you know, it, it very easily somebody could have been been hurt or killed. So I, we, we just, just want to encourage folks when you see stuff like this to let us know. Do, do you want people to call the nine one one? Do you want them to call non emergency? What do you want them to call when they see a drunk driver? Or a suspected in, drunk driver. In a case like this, I want them to call nine one one. I okay. want I want to get that information to our deputies as fast as possible. Um, and and that is an emergency when you have someone driving hundred miles an hour in in the bar. Uh, that, that is that is uh, emergent circumstances. So certainly call us on nine one one and let us. Yeah, I mean, it's just that as quickly as possible. That's horrifying because you can easily imagine how that was going to turn out at that kind of blood alcohol content and at those speeds. Certainly, you can imagine. I did a press conference just this last week about this alleged murder for hire incident where the woman allegedly shot her husband in the neck, went to jail, got out, met somebody else, got back in on violation, and then. I tried to hire who turned out to be a confidential informant uh, to kill her husband. And y'all did some really good, you know, detective work to, you know, make the case against her and all of this kind of stuff. Any updates on that story? Uh, anything about that that we don't already know? You know, I'm not aware that anything um, substantial has changed in that. Uh, as, as you mentioned, we had the, uh, the, the woman that was in jail for, for shooting her husband, tried to hire somebody to kill him. Um, and so that, that, uh, uh, Additional arrest has been made, charging her with, with the, the solicitation for murder. Uh, so that's just going to make its way through uh, the criminal justice process. And, um, you know, we'll certainly keep everybody up to date as, as that changes. You know, I, I just had one question about this, which was, um, you know, you guys had a confidential informant, a CI, who, you know, revealed this plot to you and was part of your, you know, how you built the case against them. Um, you know, TV has a certain portrayal of CIs, <laughs> you know, and I always like to check reality up against the television. It, it, is it at all like, you know, on TV with these CIs, you know, who they are, what they are? Is there any type? Are they criminals? Are they all, you know, low-level drug users who try to turn on, the, you know, that kind of thing? What What's the reality of that? Well, the reality is confidential informants um, come, in, come in all background shape sizes. Um, some can be criminals. Um, some may not be. Um, you know, some may be people that we've arrested. Some may be people with absolutely impeccable records. Um, a confidential informant is, is simply somebody who has agreed to provide uh, confidential information uh, to the sheriff's office or to law enforcement. 
Um, and, you know, there, there can be a number of, of, of motivating factors. Um, you know, the one you probably are most familiar with is, is on having seen on TV uh, is the confluence informant that, that gets arrested for something and is, is trying to, um, you know, garner some assistance from the criminal justice process. Yeah. Um, you know, there can be all kinds of motivations. Uh, sometimes their motivation can be truly altruistic, trying to, um, you know, to make their community a better place. Sometimes it can be, uh, you know, for money. There are in, in incidences in law enforcement where, where confidence informants are paid for their services. Uh, sometimes it could be revenge. Um, you know, when I, when I worked narcotics, some of our best informants were um, drug dealers who were telling on rival drug dealers. Yeah. Um, you know, so th- th- there's all kinds of reasons people could, could, could find themselves being a confidence informant. And if you're if you're prosecuting cases and putting criminals behind bars, y'all are happy to. <laughs> if revenge is the reason they're doing it, law enforcement's the reason you're doing it, right? So, that yep, that yep. that checks out. Hey, last thing I wanted to ask you about, Chief, is I guess we got a canine is retiring. Is that right? Oh, we sure do. Uh, one of our first bloodhounds that we ever had here at the sheriff's office, Copper, is uh, is retiring and moving on to the easy life. She's been um, uh, just an absolutely uh, amazing part of this agency for the last five years, and we are just super thankful to have to have um, benefited from from having her uh, tracking bad guys, tracking missing people. Um, you know, she's she's definitely going to be missed, but uh, she's leaving several good bloodhounds behind who's ready to step up and take her place. But well, very good. Well, we appreciate. We're going to miss Canine Copper. Absolutely, yeah. Long time. I, I, I mean, it's been, since I was on, you know, since I was here, she came and went, and you know, that's fantastic. Chief uh, Shane Tucker is Chief Deputy of the Santa Rosa Sheriff's Office. As always, Chief, thanks for the time. Thanks for keeping us informed, and thanks for keeping us safe, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. 